welcome everybody now to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, here with Emmanuel, Emmanuel Boo Milton. We are getting everything set up, about to get the show kicked off. Thank you so much, Boo, for being here and working man, with you, us man. as we set up everything on the fly and getting everything to go. I appreciate that, man. So, how are you? How are you on this on this Wednesday, this hump day of the week? I'm beautiful, man. Beautiful. I love that response. And yourself? I am doing fantastic, man. It's It's been a great day. It's been a great week so far. Busy week. You're the third show of the week. Whoa. So I'm super stoked for that. Man, you clocking in them hours. I try. I try, man. I try to do what I can. So for those tuning in on the Instagram, they may already know who you are. What's up, Instagram? What's happening? But for those tuning in on the Facebook page, who is Emmanuel Boo Milton? Oh, wow. In, um, your, in your words, how do you describe yourself? Yeah, so... um. You know, uh, geez, I don't even know where to start. So I've heard the beginning's a good place. Okay, the beginning, man. Um, so I was about five pounds, eight ounces. All right, all right, all right, all right, <laughs> let me stop. Um, all right. So currently, as far as you know, who I am uh, as a title, because most people like to hear that first. You right. know, your your titles. Um, I, I, I would like to say I'm a community organizer. So basically, you know, I come up with different campaigns, initiatives, and, you know, ideas to create healthier cities okay. um, and communities. Um, so, yeah, w w was that a good start? That's a good start. Yes, 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 yes. Good okay. starting point. So you're, you organize or you plan events and help the community kind of organize itself, yeah. centered around. I know we talked before. You yeah, got, a, nah, you got a focal point of yeah, um, your process. Centered around love, you know, equity, fun and um just community building through through those things and connecting people with the resources that they need to thrive gotcha i so, love yeah. that i love that so let's let's back up not quite to the five pounds okay but uh, let's get some backstory to kind of get everybody caught up to speed on where you came from how you got to where you are so Ooh. if that's high school let's go to high school if it's college let's go to college yeah um so you know so I just 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 so people don't don't get a misunderstanding. So so let me talk about. I feel like I gotta kind of talk more about where I am now before I go back that far. All right, let's do it. Let's but, do it. So but, what do you what are you in doing with the community organizing? What's happening today? So what's happening today with the community organizing? So right now, um, you know, what I really focus on is violence reduction and violence reduction. Looking at violence as a public health issue and then addressing it from that standpoint. Okay. And when I talk about uh, looking at violence as a public health issue, that's almost like kind of like the buzzword or buzz saying in this type of work is looking at it as a public health issue. But do we really know what that means whenever we say looking at violence as a public health issue? Right. That was my follow up. What is it? What do you mean by a public health issue? Yeah. So it's like just imagine. So let's say somebody's sick. Right. Right. So they go to the doctor. What does the doctor generally tell that person to do? It's probably one or two two things. I don't know. Just throw it throw, throw it out there. They probably give their diagnosis. Okay, yeah. They say this is what's wrong with you. To okay. the best of my knowledge, this is what's this is what's wrong with you. Yeah. Here is either some A medication. Okay. Or B, maybe some some remedies you can do at home. Maybe just right. rest. Just rest, sleep, and just eat and drink a lot. Right. Staying at home, medicine, you know, what what now, right? Right, right. And then and then, if done properly, then let's check back. In a you're better, weeks. and it's healthy. Yeah, right. So it's looking at violence at like just just in the same same way. You know, violence just doesn't just happen. You know, people. I I don't believe people are just evil and they just do things. You know what I mean? There are there are certain situations that that happen that um you know di di different like social. Uh, things that that happen in an upbringing in a community that that leads to to violence, such as you know lack of certain re resources, poor allocation of resources that that uh you know are distributed in certain communities or not distributed in these communities. But um, but when we talk about looking at it as a violence as a public health issue, okay, so let's say we're looking at violence like itself, right? Right. So. If someone is sick, you don't just tell them to go in the house. You give them the medication, right? Right. You give them what they need. You don't just contain the problem. Because if somebody's sick and they just stay in the house, 
they're just going to continue to be sick or get more sick and just die. Yeah. Because you're just staying in the house. You're not properly medicating yourself. You're not addressing the problem for what it is. You're just containing it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and if I call and check on you, I mean, that's cool, but it's not addressing the problem. Right. And, and giving it the proper cure that it, that, that it needs. So when we look at violence in that same manner, right? So if, if someone has a violent tendencies or like, or violence is happening or, or somebody is thinking about doing something, it's like, okay, do we contain the situation? Because whenever people say, okay, we want to reduce violence in the neighborhood, we're going to send more, more po police over there, we're going to put more cameras. That is surveillance and containment. Mm -hmm. You are containing a problem. You're not fixing anything. Right. Because, you know, what, what happens? Because you're just putting more eyes on it. You're putting, you know, you're so. And then is, is that really a healthy uh, community, a community that's only as healthy as it's being watched? Like that's like like that's not what we want for people. We want to get the people the proper e education that they need to get out of that situation. We want to give them the proper uh, resources, you know, job opportunities, uh, different things things like that that is how you cure violence you cure violence by getting people connected to resources you cure violence by giving people hope you cure violence by making by by holding elected officials accountable to make sure that all communities are getting the proper funds that they need and allocated properly in the school system in different ways and then that goes back to to the bigger conversation of public safety okay i'm sorry <laughs> no you're good you're you good you're good you're good with the bigger, you know, just as big as public safety, right? Right. Um, public safety and law enforcement is not synonymous. It's not. It is a. It's it's a part of the umbrella. Public safety is one thing, and and but but law enforcement has been driving that conversation for a while. And I'm not anti law enforcement at all. I am. I am just let's let's use these words properly. Mm. Public safety. Is, is, is a combination of law enforcement, the general public, the school system. It's everybody. Everybody has a stake in public safety. Yeah. And whenever we 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 talk about, um, you know, uh, law enforcement. Well, for some reason, I don't know how, but we just think that law enforcement is the answer to public safety. And that's not the truth at all. And that's the reason why we haven't really been seeing uh, much change in a in a larger way. And like a significant now. Now we've seen wins here and there uh, as far as like the, the crime rate going down a little bit, but it's not a large enough win because we haven't shifted how we look at public safety. And 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 I think that's the reason why, you know, you know, have you ever heard people say defund the police? Yes. You know what I mean? That strikes people the wrong way all the time because it's like defund the police. We can't do. But. It's a very harsh way of saying we need to rethink public safety. And, right. and and it's not the fact that people want police gone. That's abolish pol police. Yeah. And then there's even a method, like there's a difference between defund and abolish. Yeah, abolish and, is to get rid of completely. Right. And 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 there's even some 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 mis uh some miscommunication on that whole movement too. But when we talk about defunding the, the police, it's not even about like like, oh, stripping them from all of their resources is just saying, hey, we can take some money because it's not the fact that, OK, yeah, you're getting law enforcement dollars, but you're getting public safety dollars as a whole, too. But if we can shift those to the school system, if we can shift some of those dollars to a big buddy program, if we can shift some of those dollars to community based healing, then guess what? Crime wouldn't crime, much more crime wouldn't happen because people would have like the means and the mentorship and the support that they need to thrive. So, you know what I mean? So, so it's like, what would you rather do invest in somebody succeeding in life or invest in making sure that they're being watched all the time? Right. It's, it's going back to the root of the problem. It's, it's going, going back, back to the, back to the, the original problem. inception of where the issue could occur. It's taking the people out of the opportunity to be in situations that could lead them down a bad path. Exactly. You know, it's saying, hey, instead of, you know, going stand around doing something in the afternoon or during the day, here's a job opportunity. Exactly. Go earn a living. Go do what you can. Get off the streets. You know, get off of doing get off of being in the bad situation. Exactly. And that's the medication. That is the let's find the root of the problem. Let's go down to what's really the issue here. You know, 
if it, you know, if you come in and every week with a broken arm, well, maybe we need to say, hey, stop skateboarding. You know, hey, come let's on. not just put cast on it and say, let's fix, let's put a Band-Aid and keep moving. It's OK, let's see what's causing this and let's solve there. Exactly. And it's not just saying and, and no, but and, and that's a good methodology behind it. And, but it's not just saying stop skateboarding. Right. It's like. Let's put how some can elbow I teach you on. how to let's let's put some elbow pads on and let's put some elbow pads on and let me teach you how to skateboard properly. Let's 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 hook you up with with a mentor to show you how to skateboard properly because nothing, nothing wrong with skateboarding. Right, right, right. You right. know, but you yeah, can yeah, just yeah, yeah. right, right, but, yeah, yeah. right, right. Nah, nah, nah. I get it. <laughs> but, but but it's like you know, but like how can we make that? And and that's what I'm saying, man. Nothing is wrong. Uh, I mean, yes, we we do have. I, I personally feel like it's things in um. With you know within certain systems that 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 we do have to change, but you know I feel like yes, law law enforcement is necessary. Um, but w when we talk about public safety as a whole, you know everybody needs to be brought to the table, especially the school system. And I got a mouthful to say about that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, which go which goes in the spark box. Yeah. So I think that's this is a great segue to kind of transition to one of the many things that you do. Which is Sparkbox. So, what is? Am I? Is it Sparkbox? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So, what is Sparkbox? So, Sparkbox is an activity kit for for uh, kids ages six um six to eight year years old. Um, it was an idea that started from uh really the coronavirus, like the you know you know the pandemic. You know, uh, I'm a camp counselor at heart. Love camp. Love it. You know, we we talked about that earlier before we even came on the show. Oh yeah. Um, and I just something about camp, right? Gives kids a development mm -hmm. that they don't get during school. It's it, it's something special. Whenever kids come back over the summer, they come a little bit more mature. They come a little bit more like it's just something different. It's something that happens in there. It's the it's the friendships. It's the bonding. It's the life lessons. It's it, it, it's a lot of things that happen there. And I love being there at camp with the kids because not only do you face these challenges and grow to become a more mature you, but I can be there to help you walk through that as well and, and, and help you in that process. And it really hurt me the fact that I wasn't able to do that this year with Camp Grant Walker. It's like parent trap type stuff, you know, yeah. you, you, uh, you know, but, but, but it's only for, for, for like a week. Like, like, like we, um, like, like we stay in there with the cabins with, with the kids, you know, we go, uh, you know, archery, canoeing, all of that is fun. But, uh, so when they said we we wasn't doing camp this year, I'm like, man, how do we make sure that we get that same development to these kids? So I was like, wait, I can put it inside like of a box. You know, we do we do activities that are not, you know, math and science related. We do social emotional learning. So, um, you know, self-awareness, social awareness. You know, I talk about voting. I talk about identity and values. We talk about health. Like those are the type of things that are um, that happen in in Sparkbox. So it's not like a STEM kid or anything like that. It's more so um, mental health awareness. Like we do daily check-ins so parents can um, can check on their child's uh, mental wellness uh, every day with the kids. And parents love it. They say that, you know, it's been a conversation starter for them and their kids. And they're able to pick up on negative emotions before it turns into external bad behavior. Going back to the medication, not putting the band-aid on it. You're getting it. I love you're you're getting it in, in the in the development phase. So if they grow up and they develop knowing these things, learning these skills, learning how to properly, you know, go about doing activity A, activity B, activity C, it then prevents it from even becoming an issue. So they're already aware of where to go, where not to go, where to spend their time, and then that Wow, full circle coming around right now in my head. Yeah, no. <laughs> full but, circle coming but, around. But see, nobody, but see, unless we have this conversation, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to explain explain to somebody in a few sentences how this activity kit for kids is violence re reduction work. And it's hard for me to quantify that data whenever, you know, I can't say that this person didn't kill somebody, go to jail, or this person succeeded in life because of these lessons learned here. You know what I mean? Right. Because I can't say that you didn't do this because you had this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like 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 I can't say that because 
you know, even with like a lot of suicide prevention work, I can't say that you didn't kill, like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't say that somebody didn't yeah. harm themselves because. We like to put one reason of blame on something. Exactly. When in reality, us as individuals are so complex individually that we can't carp. I'm not even going to try to say the word. Carpmentalize. Compartmentalized. Okay, uh, never anyways. heard it, but okay. Like put into boxes. Oh, compartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compartmentalized. There it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. So okay, put into boxes individual stuff. You know, they, for like you talking about for suicide, they committed suicide because they had this one issue happening. Exactly. And it's like, well, from an external point of view, from an external viewer, it may appear that way. But right now, you've got a hundred things running through your head. I've got a hundred things running through my head. Who's to say that I'm thinking about one thing and one thing only at the moment exactly. in what my activities I do is caused by that one individual thought. It's like, no, there's so many different things that we are all involved with as human beings that you can't just say it was one issue. Right. It is a trail of issues. And when you <laughs> dive into the trail, it becomes longer and longer and the picture becomes so more so much more clear. It's yeah. as if you bought a piece of artwork that had one dot of ink on it. Okay. The whole picture isn't there. You don't know what the artist's intention was, but if all you see is the last brush stroke, yeah. What was the picture? I liked it. What was the picture going to be if you only saw the last brush stroke? Mmm. Yo. All you see is a blank canvas and one stroke of ink. Yo. Okay, I like that. But we all try to like form an opinion off that last brushstroke. Brush we like to the... paint the picture of that last brushstroke. And and it's and it and that's the same way with violence, man. That's the yes. same thing about like like we love to incriminate people based off of their last name, but like what drove them to do that? You know what I mean? Like what was the last eight, ten, five, twenty, thirty, one year that spanned their life that led up to this single event? Yeah, yeah. Because like. it, it all plays a part. We don't just, you know, have this in what people may view as a perfect lifestyle and then wake up one day and flip a switch and go the other way. Now, I'm not saying that's for every case because I don't want to generalize and say everybody's that way. But for the majority of people, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and instantly be radically different than we were yesterday off yeah. of one event. Now, one event will have an impact. Yeah. But there's probably some correlation and past events that led up to that opening yeah man and a lot of and and like w w what i've learned you know uh, a lot of people have what people like and i feel like people as a whole like we don't like and i don't want to say what we don't do but i feel like i'll say this trauma happens all the time yes it's just about how fast and how well you treat it and not to say that it always has to be the quickest, quickest, but how well. But the reason why I, I bring speed into the occasion because PTSD is untreated trauma. And, you know, I've been working on mine. Like, I had, like, I didn't even realize I had PTSD until I realized, until I went to this um, place. Like, like I, I, uh, I was at this, like, work workshop and somebody talked about it. Um, and it was explaining. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. Like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, I broke down crying in the middle of the session. I'm just like, whoa, like this is a lot. But you know, we don't like we don't pick up on a lot of that stuff, man. Like we we tend to have a very narrowed viewpoint of the world around us. Oh yeah. And it's not necessarily wrong. It's just yeah. how life is. I don't. When when you leave here, I have no idea what's going to happen in your life. <laughs> from here from here to the next day, whatever. I because I'm not go there. Food. Right, right. You go find <laughs> some food. Exactly, exactly. You go get some food. Go eat. But at the same time, you don't know the same thing in my situation. Yeah. We only see through our eyes because that's how the that's how life works. I can't visually see what a hundred people are doing at one moment, but I try to project what I think is happening and nine times out of 10, it's like, well, did it really happen? Did yeah. you really go and get food on the way home? Right. I don't know unless I actually call and verify. And then, and then it's so hurt. And, and I think, and, and that's a larger conversation of empathy. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you got like, to empathize with everybody. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in a in a in a world, in a in a society that's so divided right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that it ain't been divided. It's just now more out in the open. You so, know what I mean? Social media and social platforms allow for the public display of what's been happening. Yeah. It's like, where is the like <clears throat> I like it's hard for people to have conversations with opposing views these days because there's no empathy. Like, like, you know, I don't like, I don't judge people based off of like, yeah, people have different things, but there's a reason why people believe certain things. And if I could really get down to the reason of why people believe certain things, then I may place judgment or whatever. And I, and and it's not the fact that, and see, that's the difference because when I say place judgment, I don't condemn people. I I feel like that's a difference there. You know, we always talk about don't judge or whatever. It's like, You know, I use my best judgment. You know what I mean? When I say you're able judge, to ev- you're able to evaluate, evaluate where it's coming from. Yeah, evaluate where it's coming from and make my decision on how I want to react or how I want to feel on it. Right. But I don't, you know, but condemning is something different. I can't condemn anybody for whatever. Hey, that's you. If I don't like it, I'm going to just go the other way. We're going to skirt. We're going to skirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I like, I like that, man. <clears throat> that was a, that, that was a, that was a, I like that conversation, man. I'm glad we I'm glad man. we got there. But there's so much more to boo than that. <laughs> so now that we know where you're at now, let's kind of backtrack a little bit and kind of see how we got how we got here. So, let's not look at the last brush stroke. Yeah, let's see no, the rest no, no, of the picture. No, 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 I got you. Um, so we I know you were at you were at ninety four one. You've done a you've done dodgeball. Which we want to get into. Let's, yeah. Let's 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 go. Okay. So I started off uh, uh, rapping, rapping. I was a I was a rapper. Like I, um. But when I say I was a rapper, it wasn't just like, yo, man, check out my mixtape. You know what I mean? And then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and then like all my friends just gassing me up. Nah, like I was like a legit like. Um, you had stuff on the radio. Yeah, like um. Well, I had stuff going in the club. I mean, it's always been hard to get on the radio. Okay. But uh like I had, you know, I had songs playing in the club before I could even get in the club. Really? Yeah. So this man. was like this was pre eighteen. Yeah, no, nah, man, this was high school. Like I was in high school performing at clubs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um uh which is legal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, which is legal. But uh um so yeah, man, so like I had uh two I had two big songs. Uh, one was G Step, and it was like a dance to it, and then another one was called Start the Line, and I've you know collaborated with like like big artists as well, um, and uh, you know it it was cool, man. But I was living life kind of fast, like you, seventeen years old, um, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old, you got a lot of attention because you have like the hottest songs in the city for like older people and younger people. Like you performing at clubs, you performing at colleges, you, you know, you performing like outside of your city. You know what I mean? Like I did, like, I remember I did like a celebrity basketball game in Woodville, Mississippi. And I'm like, ain't nobody going to know me. I'm just going over there. I'm so I'm shooting the basketball. And then the song come on, everybody start dancing. I'm like, Whoa, this is dope. So anyway, so like that was going on and it's like, but not only did I have that going on, but so we had the music, right? Right. It was a lot of stuff going. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was, you know, I was in like a clique. It was me and uh, it was nine of us. And we we rapped. We threw parties, like teen, teen parties. Yeah, yeah, Um. So that was for the people I age. Um, and like these parties would be packed, like hundreds of kids. Um, and then, so we had the music, we had the parties. And of course, because we're making all the hot songs, people want to come to our parties because we're going to perform there. Right. Um, then we had a uh, school, but you know, just being honest, we had the streets too. You know, we, we was in a lot of stuff that we probably didn't have business doing, mm-hmm. you know, at the time that was probably very illegal. Um, you know, um, so it's like when you like a quadruple threat. Because it's like, you know, we got the music, we got the parties. And then in school, like, I was the drum major. Like, you know, you know, in the band, doing the back band, all, all of that. <laughs> you know, and then the other members of, like, my clique was the head of the football team, head of the basketball team. We were all class favorites. I got most uh, artistic. Uh, my other, the other two people in the clique, the other two people in the clique got, like, class clowns. Uh, like, like, it was literally, like, 
it could have been a movie because we had all aspects of it. But with all of that came a lot of attention, a lot of stuff, a lot of like stuff that we probably shouldn't have got into. Right, right, right. Um, but you know, we made it through. Um, one of my friends died during during that because we was at one hour. Um, we had a couple houses, but like it was like how yeah. So um yeah, I see where uh, I see where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> like and they was outside playing like playing with a gun. The gun shot through the house, hit one of my friends, and he died on the way to the hospital. Or I believe it was at the hospital. But, you know, God has a perfect plan for uh, everybody because I just so happened to be out of town that weekend. Um, and it's all when we in high school. You know what I mean? So it was it was, it was a lot. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, he died uh, then, uh, uh, Trayvon Wilson. Um, so that was a lot. But then after that, um, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, always has been even, even before, like I really made a true commitment to really following, you know, my spirituality. Um, God removed me from that lifestyle. Uh, once it got to a point to where I feel like I needed to, like, like it was just too much. Like I was in all kind of beef. I wouldn't let people ride in the same car with me because I felt like I like it'd get shot. Like it was it was, it was a lot. Um, right. You know. Uh, and but after that, I moved to. Um, uh, I kind of just let it go, and I was like, God, I don't know where you want me to go, but I'm open, yeah. and the door opened the radio, and I was like, What? Never saw myself doing it. But ended up getting a job at Max 941. If you know how hard it is to get a job over there, it is like it's pretty hard. Almost impossible. Like I'm 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 just keep it real. It's almost impossible. Like, um, but I ended up getting a job there. And um uh through a- AJ Boogie was uh who I interned with. Um he he does all the night shows uh during during Max 941. And um, so when I got in, you know, it was dope. You know, I I really got back to my roots of like people because I love people. Like as much as I like rapping, I didn't really like rapping for like all of like the 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 vanity sides of it. I really liked it because I could connect with people. It was easy. You know, people wanted to talk to me more whenever they knew who I was. Right. Already. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's take a picture. And, and they just so friendly and nice. You know what I mean? Um, It, it was just great. So then whenever I, I dove in the radio, you know, I was still able to be the star, but also in a way that I can connect with people more. Right. You know, you know, talk with people, get to know people, help people through having my voice on the radio. And then even from I'm sorry, I'm just random. No, no, go, this. go. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, so then even so then even there, like, you know, I still did my events, too. So like it was still like so. I, but I still was doing events. It wasn't parties, though. It started shifting as well. You know, right. I started doing more entertainment things that help people. I did talent shows. So I did, uh, I had these series of talent shows called Shine Your Light. And what we did was we had people come and do talents such as, you know, rapping, singing, dance. And, you know, if you won, instead of cash, we, I hooked you up with professionals in that industry that can take you to the next level. Cause I could give you a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars. But what you going to do, you might just keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep going to that same studio you went to. You're going to keep going to the same. But I want to I want to show you what that next level feels like. And then maybe you'll, you know, sharpen your your, your tools and, you know, become like because that's what I'm in the business of helping people become a better them. Right. You recognize you had a position that could push people to their next level once they got in contact with you. And so you were like, let me see what I can do for the community to build them up in a way that allows them to come into the position where you were in. You recognize you were in a bad position. You recognize you were going down a path that was not going to end well. You were removed from that position. And so you then said, I don't want this to happen again. Yeah. You know, I want to help somebody if they're in that same position and they need this next step and this next step will get them out of it. I'm in. Yeah. You know, let me not give you a hundred bucks because you can go blow that on whatever you're going to blow it on. Yeah. Let me put you in contact with person A and person B who are in the position to take you from your level that you're at now to the next level. 
Right. And it's like, I always, no matter what realm I'm in, like I always look at it as if somebody's doing something that's not beneficial for them, whether it be um, just a certain idea, a certain mindset, a certain thing that they're doing, I always look at it as an approach of they might need to be taught and not in a savior complex at all. It's yeah. just more so in the sense of like, before I say you're a bad person, I'd rather say that or or like or you just don't know how to like I like I, I, I like to assume that if that's that's the thing. I like to assume that if people have better, then they will do better. Yes. That's like like that's my mindset. It's seeing the good in people. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, and, and and that's always been like my mind for like even in this work in any kind of way. You know, even when we were talking earlier about what we were talking about that I won't mention. But it's like, right, right. like I'd, I, I would. I would rather assume that you just don't have the information versus you just choosing to do the wrong thing or having the wrong idea of it um, or right. what I would perceive might, you're, might be wrong. You're giving people the benefit of the doubt before, before you know what's happening, which <clears throat> having that outlook on, you know what, maybe it's just X, Y, and Z. That's the issue. So let's figure out what's really happening here. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, dude, just stand off. And get out of here. It's like, oh, hang on. All right, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. What's let's really see happening? What's going on? What's really happening here? And getting down to that root. We're all stemming back to that root of the issue, going back to what causes the problem, not just saying there's a problem. Let's throw this at it, see if it works. It's no, the problem's there. How do we get the problem to not exist? Yeah. That's the goal. The goal should not be to correct the problem once it happens, the goal is to be eliminate the problem. Yeah. Say, okay, this cause this action causes X. All right. Well, what causes this action? Right. Exactly. Let's get there. Let's it, not say this does this, we result with this. With let's get one step beforehand. What causes that initial step? Right. Because and then even when we talk about benefit of the doubt, what's empathy without benefit <clears throat> of the doubt? Right. Like what is empathy without benefit? I mean, how can you empathize with somebody if you don't first you know, take a step back and say, hey, you know, it might not be what I think it is. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or, you know, even if it's like it's a lot, but but not nah, definitely like, you know, like what's the root of a lot of this stuff? Um, Yeah, man. Uh, You know, we you know, whenever we talk about things like like that. It starts with the heart. Yeah, it's it starts with the heart. It starts with how we're we're raised and it goes back to spark box. Yeah, <laughs> trying, trying to get them where they're. <laughs> young in the developing stage and help them along the way. But I also don't want to blame, you know, it completely on that as well, because, right, right, because right. there are other things as well. Like, like what's more dangerous than physical violence is structural violence. Yes. Structural violence kills more people than, you know, than, than, than what we can count of because it will continue to happen with structural violence. Yeah. Like structural violence is the worst and we have a lot of structural violence here um, locally, on a state level, on a national level. And it's like, we got to we got to we, we got to do better yeah. with, with the structural a, violence, a, man. Yeah. No, a, uh, a car, a car wreck on the bridge is only going to impact the cars involved. A bridge failing is going to impact everyone. Patty G with the quote. <laughs> Patty G I pull with out, the quote. I pull them out every now and again. Yeah. Don't get, don't get. Don't get too familiar. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving from Sparkbox, moving from the violence that you the violence solutions that you focus on. Yeah. You do a lot more as well, because you speak on like panels. Like I wanna I wanna know okay. how in the world you got to speak on a UN panel. Okay. That's what I'm curious about. So okay, so now let's talk about where I moved from radio to where to where the beginning of where like what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So I, in the radio, I use my voice to be a positive impact into the community. Okay. And from there, you know, I've always just taken charge. If, if it's something that needed to be done, I just went and did it. I didn't ask for any approvals or anything. I mean, I do do things in decency and in order and in right. re respect. But, you know, hey, these people need this. Okay, who can I gather together to make it happen? Like a lot of people don't even know this story because we didn't really talk about it. But I remember, uh, do you know Tyrus Thomas? 
The name sounds familiar. Yeah, um, LSU basketball first round draft pick, Chicago Bulls. Um, yes. Yeah. So like, so so me and Tyrus was at breakfast one one day, and we just chilling, you know, shooting sh- sh- shooting the breeze, and we see something on on CNN, and uh, and but it was a local story. It was like, yeah, all this stuff going on in Flint, Michigan, but there's some country town in Louisiana that has orange water. And, and it's like, bro, what can we do to help them? So yeah. we just said, okay, <clears throat> let's let's go bring them some some water. So we went bought a U-Haul, and we said a pallet of water costs two fifty. You know who who's about purchasing a pallet of water from Sam's and and helping us fill his U-Haul? We filled that U-Haul, if not the same day, the next day. And I want to say it was January first, twenty seventeen. We went brought that water to that place. And it was just something sporadic. It was something just improv. But it's like when you see a problem, a lot of times it's really not that hard to help. You just use whatever resources you have and you just go for it. And, and I call that an entrepreneurial mindset. <laughs> Find a problem. Let's solve it. Let's go for it, man. But uh, but I'm just saying that to say, you know, that's always been my approach. To right, stuff. right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. As I, you know, started and people started and the more, you know, I do, I did stuff, stuff like that, the more people, you know, organically just kind of drawn to me and like, you know, what I do and follow me and support me. You know, I created a solid foundation of people who just really had my back in a community that just really, you know, ride for me. Like, right. Like, um, you know, I, I, I love it. Um, it's so much like I get so much love here in Baton Rouge. Um, so, you know, the more. I started to get engaged the more is whenever politicians actually started reaching out to me like, hey, you know, let me work with you to, you know, let things happen. You know, uh, I give a lot of credit to uh, Mayor Sharon Weston Broom because, to be honest, um, I didn't know who Mayor Mayor Sharon Weston Broom because I wasn't really, really into politics at all. You know, I, I kept my ear to it. But I was never really into it until she kind of like reached out to me in 2016 and was like, hey, you know, I'm running for mayor. You know, I want to get to know you. I see you do a lot of different things. I'm like, all right, sure. So, you know, we we had conversations. We we talked, you know, uh, it was through a friend, Tanja Miles, that that she um that, that that we got in contact. And, you know, we after a few conversations, I got to know her heart and I was like, you know what? I like this. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about it, and and I'm not even really about to go into politics. I'm just telling my story. Yeah. yeah um. How you got to where? You yeah, got. yeah. So then, you know, I started understanding like the political side of it, and understanding how much we really need to be politically engaged with what's going on, and because, you know, these seats and these things that are happening like that shifts a lot of this work and. I can do as many good deeds as I want, but if the structure ain't right, then we just gonna keep having problems. So, 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 so that's where you know I started getting involved on on that tip, and uh, ended up getting a fellowship with Cities United. So, Cities United is a national organization that focuses on violence reduction and especially the homicide rate amongst African American men. The reason why it focuses on that, and I'm about to start kicking out numbers. Yeah. Every 24 hours, about, I want to say about seven, eight years ago is when the organization started. Okay. When it first started, every 24 hours, 12 black men died to homicide. Every 24 hours. So 24 hours passed. You just went throughout your whole day, 12 black men died. Um, and it's not, and, and we're not focusing on it as saying that like black, you know, black men are the problem because, you know, the first thing people like to say is what is black on black crime? Does that make it even better? Does that, the, what does that statement help at all? Like, okay, so does that make it okay? Does it not? Yeah. I mean, statistically, yet yeah, like, like, first of all, that whole black on black crime thing, like, Whoever came up with that, like that's like that's a problem in and of itself, even us using that kind of language. Not to say that, you know, black, but but it's like, you know, if if we can say black on black crime, then we can say white on white because statistically white people kill white people just as much as black people kill black people. You know what I mean? Most of the time you like people kill people like 
within their same yeah. vicinity. People, like, you know people, what I mean? People are dying around people. Right. Like they, like they, like they, like normally it's within the community that you live in. Like people commit homicides within the communities yeah. that they live in. You, you can look at whatever community you want to look at. Right. And, and the it, crime rate is based upon the people that live in the community. Right. And it's like, that's a, like, but in, in anyways, but, but now are black people dying? To, yeah. So, but if you want to kick out numbers, right. Um, so, and the reason why it's so alarming because you okay, 12, 12 black men dying every 24 hours. That is ridiculous in America. Now in 2019, there were 78 homicides in Baton Rouge. Okay. If I'm correct. <laughs> um, and, and I'm gonna just be rough. But, yeah. and, and if I'm off, I'm only off by one number. All right. The statistic of uh, Asian male, Asian female, zero. Hispanic, uh, maybe like one male. The next number is white female, and we talking about victims. Three. The next number is black females, four. The next number is white males. That were a victim of homicide. Six. Six, right? Six, yeah. The only statistic left is black males. 58. 58. So you go from six to 58. Wow. That's the gap. Yeah. That's six to 58. It's almost 10 times. So if there, if there's a homicide, if there's a homicide that happened last year, there's a 58 out of 76 chance it was a black man. So, you know, that, like, that, that's not okay. Yeah. And it's like, we need to start curing these communities. Like, like that's what I'm in. Like, like we got to cure these communities because people don't want to live in, a, in, in an environment where, where that happens. And then people love to say, oh, it's happening in, in, in North Baton Rouge. First of all, there's a northern side of Baton Rouge. North Baton Rouge is not a city. <laughs> it's one city. It's Baton Rouge. It's, it's Baton Rouge a, as a whole. And until we look at it as it's all of our issues, and until we look at it in a way that, oh, we can't just send more police out there to, to fix the problem. It goes back to the structure. It goes back to making sure that people have opportunities. Right. People have um, access to, to certain things. Right. Um, like, like do you, and, and then people like to say equality, equality, but we really need to talk about equity, equity. Like, and do, do you know the difference between, like, like, like the reason, like the whole thing of equality versus equity. I mean, to me, equality means everything's the same. Okay, right. Equity means you get what you put into it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, equality is okay. So we're gonna give everybody fifteen hundred dollars. Everybody don't need fifteen hundred dollars. Sometimes people need more. Sometimes people probably don't need it at all and don't care. So, with equity, is like. It's being fair. It's like, okay, so these people, in order to get on the right track, probably need a little bit more. Right. And that's the case. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, if, you know, if we, if, um, like, you know, let's say if two people are running a race, right? Somebody has a disability. They're like, you know, they have some type of disability and one person doesn't have a physical dis disability. Okay, equality is, you know, we're going to start you at the same point. Equity is saying, okay, and like we're going to give you a head start or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, something yeah, yeah. to something to make sure that you have a... It's a, looking at the specific situation and seeing what's going to fit the specific situation the best. The specific situation the best because if you give everybody the same thing, it's 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 it, yeah. it, it's not going to work because you got a generation that's... You, you, you got a... You got... You have a... a uh, you have a community... That's 400 years behind. Right. You know what I mean? Like 400 years behind. And praise God that, because I, I identify with that community, the black community, and it's like, praise God that we've been able to get this far. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but anyways, um, 
So mm-hmm. working working with the organization, yeah, so, going into so, that so, type of an environment. So yeah, Cities United, we work with over 130 mayors across the country, and I was selected to be um, a fellow in that, and I represented the city of Baton Rouge uh, for Cities United, and I traveled across the country, met different mayors, Mayor Knoxville, uh, love her, um, Mayor Rojero, um, met uh, like different people, Mayor Hodges of Minneapolis, Mayor Nutter, Philadelphia. He actually, him... Actually, Cities United was started from uh, Mayor Mitch Landrew in New Orleans and Mayor Nutter of Philadelphia. Okay. So, um, so it does have some some Louisiana roots in 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 the beginning of this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of these power players a- a- across the country, you know, are involved with this. Uh, so you know, I-, I was able to meet a lot of different you know people that do this work on a national level, and I really got a better understanding of what violence reduction is. What does it look like in other places? How can we implement stuff here? And and, and you know how we can continue to drive the conversation forward and really get the people the help that they need. Right. So so then from there, you know, I really got dove head first in it, like hard, and you know, and I feel like that's when God kind of like detached me from radio and made me go like full time into this um and really you know got my feet wet into it and um so that's kind of where i made it here you know where i'm at now with things because as i started thriving in cities united um because every time they would send me someplace the people would just they would just love me being there or like they they liked what i had to say you know i was like it was dope like i went to facebook um, I went to Facebook headquarters, right, uh, for the State of Young People Conference. I was facilitating a conversation uh, with other young leaders around youth adult partnerships and what does it look like young people being in a in in adult ran spaces. You know what I mean? Um, and from there, they was like, "Yo, we need thirty minutes to kill." Uh, you know, we we need somebody to uh hop on the mic. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I do that. I host events. I do things. You know, I, I'm on big stages all the time. Yeah, give me the mic. Turned it up all the way. And the CEO of America's Promise sent, uh, who, who who did it at Facebook, sent the email to Casey Family Programs, sent the email to Cities United, to all the CEOs, and was like, yo, the guy, Boo Milton, he did great. And Casey Family Programs is a real big, big supporter of me and, um, and, 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 the, and the Cities United work. So Casey Family Programs, is one of the foundations for UPS because G- UPS was founded by Jim Casey. Right. So like that's one of his foundations, such as Annie e. Casey and, and 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 things like that with the whole family. But like, like it's it goes deep. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But but it's like you know, I've built the foundation of people who who genuinely believe, uh, not just in me, but the heart that I try to put into things and making sure that you know we touching people by the heart. And, you know, even whenever I had the opportunity to go to MBK Rising with the Obama Foundation, their their conference, you know, I went there, wasn't really expecting much as far as like, you know, spotlight anything. I'm just, you know, I'm 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 there and I'm being all the way me and present in the moment. And they loved what I had to say. And, you know, I'm plastered everywhere, like uh, all on the Obama Foundation Instagram page national email blast i'm actually still on obama.org right uh right now uh for for like one or two two things something that just happened recently like you know it's just a lot of different things and by me you know excelling in that came august 2019 now i'm not just a part of the network of cities united i actually sit on the advisory board for the entire organization and i sit hand in hand with mayor Bet- mayor uh betsy hodges mayor nutter uh, CEO of Casey Families, Dr. William Bell, um, Campaign for Black Male Achievement, Sean Dove, like just these heavy hitters, J- Jameer Burley, um, like who who is a global advocate who actually got me in contact with the the United Nations uh uh re- related event. Yeah. Um, that I was just a part of. Gotcha. Dude, I'm man. sorry, I'm talking a lot. No, bro, you're good. You're good, man. No, I was a lot. A lot has happened, a lot of transpired to get you where you are today. So within that realm of everything happening and where you've been and where you're going, I'm sure you've gathered quite a few lessons throughout the process. So as we kind of tend to wrap up the show, I like to ask people, what are some lessons you've gathered along the way thus far? 
I would say one of the biggest lessons that I learned is the power of availability and being present. Yes. Being present in a situation can do a lot more for you than anything ever. You know, Fact. Uh, whatever, you know, um, spirituality you believe in or not believe in, you know, I believe that everything happens at a particular time, at a particular moment for a particular reason. And if we are absolutely present in every moment or as much as we can, then we'll get everything that we need out of those moments. The The things that have been the most transformational in my life were because I was completely present in these moments, which unlocked more opportunity for me because I was listening completely whenever this person was talking to me and I was able to hear and then I was able to give. The way that it was, you know, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't doing this. I wasn't, you know, I was there. You know, when I when I go to these conferences, I'm there. I'm not thinking about what's going on at home. I'm not thinking right. about whatever. I'm there and I'm giving my all. And 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 if I'm there and I give my all, I know that all will be given to to me the, the way that it's supposed to. So, man, just being available and being present. When, I, when opportunity knocks, are, are you available? Are you going to make up some excuse? You're going to answer Are you going to answer? Are you going to? And then then it's not even about even sh about answering when you answer are you going to are you going to be all the way present yeah or are you going to hold back so yeah dude wow that was powerful that was yeah. good that was good man no nope. and that's it. a lot of you you tend to find a lot of people especially now with technology yeah be easily distracted Oh, man. They can be easily deterred away from the current thing that's happening right in front of their face because they've got a phone and they got some sort of device in their hand. So having you say that just being present has been one of the greatest lessons you've learned is huge. Yeah. Because if we can take just a small dose of that and impact it into our daily lives, we can all put some sort of change in the world that's going to help get out of this device-driven society. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And um, And... Even like outside of like the devices, right? Um, noise comes about in a lot of different ways. Yeah. It can be a phone. It can be something that you know you're probably not supposed to be doing, a lifestyle, a, um, a certain things, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I talk about clearing, clearing out the noise in, in your life. And noise can show up in a lot of different ways. It could be, 100%. It, it could be a habit. It could be a person. It could be anything. And it's going to look different for everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like my, my noise is not the same noise that you've got. Exactly. And that's okay. That's okay that we're different that way. It, so to kind of wrap up the show, yeah. um, a question we touched on before we even started recording. You've done all these great things. You've been in so many different communities. You've been on the panel for UN. Even though it was virtual, you were still on the panel for UN. You've been across the country, globally. You've been everywhere. Clearly, something maintains your presence here in Baton Rouge. So what is it that you love about Baton Rouge? Um, what I love about Baton Rouge is the fact that as much as people like say, you know, opportunities or what, like there's possibility in Baton Rouge. There's possibility and there's opportunity. 100%. Um, because where, where some people see a deficit, others that can imagine see a blank canvas to write anything. Yes. So it's like, you can say, oh, Baton Rouge doesn't have this, doesn't have this and doesn't have this, but... That's a wide right. open door. It doesn't have that. So the opportunity is. It. Yes. So it's like, and that's the reason why I'm on all of these national platforms because I have a blank canvas here. And because I have a blank canvas here, I can literally do whatever I want. And it gets the national exposure because I'm able to do it as freely as I need to because I have the opportunity to do it how, how how I need to. You know what I mean? Because most of the people like, and if you go try to do certain things, oh, I want to go to this big market to go try this. I want to go do this. Well, you just going to be you like, You're if it's meant for you, it, it'll happen, but it might just be a drop in the bucket. But here, you can just 
go all out. Like, man, I did 2,000 activity kits here. You know what I mean? Who knows? That might have got swept under the rug uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might have been another startup that's coming here to try to make it big. But in Baton Rouge, it made an impact. It made an impact, and it was huge, and people saw it, and it was able to get the life that it needed and grow. So, I mean, it's so many things that can happen here, and it's just like, make it happen. You know what I mean? And and it's like- and and when we talk about like you know the idea of yeah you want to see more but that's the thing though Baton Rouge is where I lay my head out is where is where I lay my head out I'm always out of town yeah you know what I mean but it's like it's you a always place come back where where you lay your head at yeah so yeah dude I love that man I, Baton Rouge is is so open to opportunity it's so open to people coming in interjecting these resources and saying hey it's a blank canvas let's make something happen it's a blank canvas so to wrap up this show in its entirety my final question for you is what can i do to help uh well um like patty g what can patty g or the patty g show do to help you um man um i mean i man i just like just an open ear, man. Like, like this. Like, this is great. I like having conversations, and I feel like organically things come from that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we kind of talked about it before, who you know and who I know and how we can connect, man. Like, you know, uh, I feel like things will naturally come. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think the way Patty G can help me is just let's keep in contact, man. Let's maintain the relationship, man. I will do that for sure. But thank you, boo. Appreciate that. Dude, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you so man, much. I appreciate you having me. I had a blast. Nah, <laughs> nah, me too. And 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 and, and if you don't mind, I know I've talked talk, yeah, talked a lot yeah, go already. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But this here is honestly a form of violence prevention. Like this, this is what what's happening here. But 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 let me explain why. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. From the person watching or the person sitting in this seat here. Mm-hmm. You bring a lot of hope to people that you probably don't even know, because if somebody is watching the whole show, it's something that they like about it. Yeah. It's something that giving them inspired. Like you don't know, like how many episodes have have you done? You're fifty four. Fifty four out of fifty four episodes, I guarantee at least one of them, one viewer out of the fifty four shows, one of your shows has given them the inspiration or the hope that they needed just to get through that night. Wow. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm so serious. Like, like even the one with Rain and Shireen, I watched it and it inspired me. Like, like I was, but a lot of times, like you don't get to see that. We don't get to see that, but it's like, that's it. Or the person that you bring in this seat that might not feel worthy enough to sit in this seat might feel like, Oh, what you want to interview? view me for like you're giving them an expression you're giving them a sense of belonging them you're giving them that next inspiration that they need because let's say i'm a baker right and you want to talk to me it's like you know what i wasn't excited about going back to my bakery and you know going make these you know 20 cake orders but you know what i'm excited you know somebody wants to talk to it and and it gives them that stepping stone that they need to go finish what they're doing like this is everything man thank you dude Wow, I've I've never uh never thought about that. So, man, thank you, man. No, I, that's <laughs> who, man. That means that means a lot, dude. No, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, that's and I, um that that like just made that makes my week. You know, my month <laughs> at the fact that what I've embarked upon has actually resonated. You know, that's. Going into the show, the whole goal was to promote Baton Rouge. Yeah. To showcase what we've got here. To showcase everything our state, you know, not even limited to Baton yeah. Rouge, our great state has to offer. Because I saw at my time at, you know, LSU, at my time working around my peers, they were all eager to get out. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And the, the, question, the answer was always, there's no opportunity here. And I'm like, all right, well... You just instilled in me the fire to prove you wrong and say, no, Baton Rouge is not the place (laughs) to leave. Baton Rouge is the place to come to because of the opportunities. Louisiana is that blank canvas where you can come in and make such an impact that on the big scale of things may seem small, 
but you've impacted those. Like you said, over 54 episodes, if one person was impacted, it was all worth it. Yeah. It is all worth it, and it keeps me going, dude. So thank you, man. I Thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Nah, I love Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And for those watching in whatever platform or form you may be viewing or listening or embarking on this journey with us, I thank you for doing so. And be sure and check out Boo and everything he's <laughs> got going on. Check out Sparkbox. Check out everything that he does. Hit him up if you have an idea or something you want that could help him in his journey along the way. And I just want to say thank you all so much for tuning in. I am Patty G, your host, The Patty G Show. Y'all have a good one. Good night. I'm a simple